Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, April 13th, 2023. I'm Jackson Bird, filling in for Brian McCullough today. The stocks of Apple suppliers Sirius Logic and AAC are down after reporting that iPhone 15 Pro models won't have solid state buttons after all. IBM is reportedly looking into selling the weather company for quite a bit less than they paid for it in 2015. LinkedIn has new identity verification via the airport and stadium security service Clear. Ethereum has successfully completed its Shanghai or Chappella upgrade, letting users withdraw staked Ether. And Warner Brothers Discovery has officially renamed HBO Max to just Max. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. So, those solid-state buttons on the iPhone 15 Pro might not be happening after all. 9to5Mac reported in an update earlier this week, quote, Reliable analyst Ming-Chi Kuo has just corroborated Jeff Poo's report about Apple switching back to the classic volume buttons instead of the new solid-state ones with iPhone 15 Pro. The analyst explained that the iPhone 15 Pro is still in the EVT, Engineer Validation Test, stage, which means that Apple still has time to change the final design. Kuo says that removing the solid-state buttons will simplify the development and testing process, and that this won't affect the iPhone 15 launch schedule. However, this will hurt Cirrus Logic and AAC Technologies, both Apple suppliers that would provide parts for the new buttons. End quote. And hurting Cirrus and AAC is exactly what happened. Today, their stocks fell 12 and 14 percent, respectively, in response to the news. Quoting CNBC, Cirrus's technology and parts help power Apple's haptic touch systems, which have been used to replace physical buttons, like the home button on some iPhones, with touch-sensitive buttons that mimic the way a button push feels. Cirrus's relationship with its largest customer, widely acknowledged as Apple, provided around 88% of its revenue for the most recent quarter. Quo had previously said that Apple would expand its use of Cirrus's technology beyond haptic touch and replace the physical volume buttons with solid-state technology, but in his most recent note posted on Tuesday evening, Quo said unresolved technical issues had forced the tech giant to abandon the change. Investors had anticipated that the new solid-state button design would increase suppliers' revenues and profits, thus this change is particularly unfavorable for Cirrus Logic and AAC Technologies, Quo wrote on Tuesday, end quote. According to some sources, IBM is considering selling the weather company, which it purchased in 2015. At the time, they reportedly paid $2 billion. Now it's looking like they'll sell it for just over $1 billion. Quoting the Wall Street Journal, An auction of the business is at an early stage, the people familiar with the matter said, and there may not be a deal. Should there be one, private equity is most likely the buyer. IBM agreed to buy the business in 2015, purchasing the weather company's business-to-business, mobile, and cloud-based businesses, including Weather.com, which provides weather forecasts around the globe. The Weather Channel wasn't part of the deal, but agreed to license weather forecast data and analytics from IBM. The deal was part of a push 
push by IBM to use its cloud infrastructure to provide accurate weather forecasts and help companies control costs. The business issues more than 25 billion forecasts a day, according to the company's website. A sale of the weather unit would be a part of a broader push by IBM to streamline its operations as the once-dominant company's shares languish near levels they traded at more than 20 years ago. End quote. And from the information, quote, In 2015, IBM still aspired to compete with cloud providers like Amazon Web Services and was in search of a high-profile way to showcase its technological chops in this area. The weather company assets gave IBM a way to collect petabytes of weather data from sensors positioned around the world and analyze it in order to provide some 26 million forecasts daily. This, in turn, represented a path to develop IBM's internet-connected devices business. But IBM CEO Arvind Krishna has steered the company in a different direction since taking the helm three years ago. IBM is still just a niche player in the cloud market, and Krishna has instead focused on developing its artificial intelligence business as well as hybrid cloud products that help companies manage computing jobs that span data centers and cloud providers. IBM also sold its Watson Healthcare Data Analytics Unit to private equity firm Francisco Partners last year. End quote. Per the Wall Street Journal, IBM posted flat sales for the fourth quarter in January after a strong U.S. dollar took a toll amounting to more than $1 billion, but the company forecast exchange rates would move in its favor this year and also forecast mid-single-digit adjusted revenue growth and about $10.5 billion in consolidated free cash flow for the full year. LinkedIn has just added new methods of identity verification that will be free for all individual users, but some methods will only be available to users with government-issued U.S. IDs for now. Quoting TechCrunch, The company is partnering with Clear, a secure identity platform, to provide verification for LinkedIn users in the United States. Starting this month, users can display on their profile that they verified their identity with Clear. To do so, you need to provide your government-issued ID and phone number. Once you verify your identity, your profile will display a new verifications section under the Connect and Message buttons. Users who visit your profile will see a checkmark next to a government ID banner that will indicate that you have a verified government ID. LinkedIn users around the world also have the option to verify where they work with their company email. To confirm your place of employment, you have to enter a verification code sent to your company email address. LinkedIn notes that this feature works with more than 4,000 companies on the platform, and the platform plans to roll out this option to more companies over time. Alternatively, LinkedIn has partnered with Microsoft to allow organizations to leverage the Microsoft Entra Verified ID platform to issue digital workplace IDs for free for eligible users. The new option will roll out at the end of this month. LinkedIn plans to make this option available to dozens of participating companies reaching more than 2 million LinkedIn members. End quote. And from Wired, quote, After noting in June 2022 that the company had seen a rise in fraudulent activity on its platforms and across the web, LinkedIn announced efforts in October to detect and remove more fake accounts, expand verification, and generally boost authenticity for its more than 900 million users. Today's announcements dramatically expand the scale and scope of those verification initiatives. Having the ability to verify components of your identity and employment was 
won't keep attackers from generating fictional personas and even fake companies to verify phony jobs, but if job verification is widely adopted on LinkedIn, it will make it harder for bad actors to impersonate legitimate accounts and build out compelling fake personas. Researchers who monitor digital crime say that robust verification methods really can reduce the prevalence of online scams, or at least make attackers' jobs more difficult in consequential ways. Since its acquisition by Elon Musk last year, for example, Twitter has been criticized for transitioning its verification model to a service that anyone with a credit card can pay for. End quote. And our pal Chris Messina tweeted in response to the news, quote, Musk talks about the importance of identity verification on Twitter, but LinkedIn is marching ahead by subsidizing clear verification. Consider, too, that the CCP will require AI service providers to verify their identities. There's a slippery slope here. End quote. Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership. Access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools. Uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team. Discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology. And learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot literally cannot live or at least work without it. One Password. One Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. One Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. One Password lets you securely switch between iPhone. Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using 1Password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the 1Password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. Ethereum has successfully completed its Shanghai or Chappella update, letting users withdraw staked Ether. 
Quoting Bloomberg, the so-called Shanghai update enables investors to queue up to withdraw Ether coins that they had pledged to help operate the Ethereum network in return for rewards, a process called staking. Ether jumped as much as 5.2% to $2,008 as just 0.3% of all 18.1 million tokens staked were withdrawn in the 12 hours following the upgrade, according to data from Nansen. Ether is now up 67% this year, and within a whisker of topping an August high, which would take it to levels not seen since late May. Its advance still trails the 83% surge in larger token Bitcoin, hinting at more upside should withdrawals remain muted. About 1.2 million of Ether tokens, worth approximately $2.3 billion at current prices, are expected to be withdrawn over the next five days, according to researcher CoinMetrics. Some $36.7 billion of Ether is locked up for staking, data from Staking Rewards shows, end quote. And from Coindesk, quote, The much-anticipated hard fork, essentially upgrading the blockchain by splitting off a new one, has been characterized by members of the Ethereum community as a historic milestone, completing its multi-year transition to a full proof-of-stake network. In a proof-of-stake system, the users stake cryptocurrency as a form of guarantee to help secure and confirm new data blocks. Last year, the blockchain left behind its original proof-of-work consensus mechanism, the same one Bitcoin uses, but until now, users had been unable to withdraw their staked Ether or redeem accrued rewards, a crucial feature of the new paradigm. End quote. The partial and full withdrawals are the main focus of the Shanghai upgrade, but there are also a handful of smaller Ethereum improvement proposals, or EIPs, that are designed to cap or lower gas fees for developers. And quoting again, Since the Beacon Chain went live in December 2020, more than 18 million Ether has been staked, about 15% of total Ether supply. Now that Shanghai is live, about 1.1 million accrued Ether from rewards is eligible to be immediately withdrawn. Market analysts have feared that the unlocking of Ether deposited into the Beacon Chain might start a rush by stakers to liquidate their tokens. Some market analysts believe that selling pressure for Ether will likely be distributed over over several days given the withdrawal queue, allowing buyers to watch and analyze the selling pressure." End quote. HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, and now just Max? Warner Brothers Discovery has officially announced that its flagship streaming service, rather than all bundled under the HBO Max umbrella, will simply be named Max. Quoting Variety, The company announced the name change at a press event Wednesday, where it also revealed a slate of upcoming projects. The rebuilt Max, on the web at max.com, is set to launch first in the U.S. on May 23rd, featuring what the company promises will be an average of more than 40 new titles and TV show seasons every month. According to the service's website, Max will be available in three different versions. The first two plans align with the existing HBO Max pricing, and WBD said current HBO Max customers will not see their pricing change for now when the new service debuts. The third tier, Max Ultimate, expands to up to four streams and includes 4K content, as well as an expanded catalog of content available in 4K UHD, including from franchises such as Game of Thrones, The Last of Us, Harry Potter, The Lord of the Rings, The Dark Knight Trilogy, and more. End quote. 
Some of the upcoming projects include The Penguin, a The Batman spin-off series with Colin Farrell reprising his role, more Game of Thrones prequel series, a new Harry Potter TV series retelling the original books, a new Big Bang Theory series, and a new drama in the The Conjuring universe. Original content is dead, folks. As for the reason behind the name change, J.B. Perrette, president and CEO of Global Streaming and Games for Warner Brothers Discovery, explained, quote, We all love HBO, and it's a brand that has been built over five decades to stand for edgy, groundbreaking entertainment for adults. But it's not exactly where parents would most eagerly drop off their kids. And yet Warner Brothers Discovery has some of the best-known kids' characters, animation, and brands in the industry. Not surprisingly, the category has not met its true potential on HBO Max. At the same time, we also want to honor and embrace where we've come from. HBO is the most iconic, trailblazing brand in entertainment. HBO is not TV. HBO is HBO. It needs to stay that way, which is why we will privilege it in the product experience and also not push it to the breaking point by forcing it to take on the full breadth of this new content proposition. We, the execs, did look fairly briefly at various alternatives that could include Warner or include WB or could include the HBO brand, and we just felt like that was sort of not necessary. We had Max, which was short, tight, says something universal. Yes, the risk was ultimately that it's sort of maybe less ownable because it's a common word, but the flip side is that also made it very approachable and very easy. And when, frankly, we found ourselves talking about the service, the shorthand was always Max. We never even said HBO, we would just say it's on Max, end quote. There has been a lot of commentary online, with many people making fun of this decision or critiquing it from the perspective of, like, HBO has produced some of the best shows of all time, The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, etc. Why would you take away the respected powerhouse part of the name? To many critics, it seems just like another example of Warner Brothers Discovery perplexingly taking away everything good from HBO since they took over. Yet, the way Perrette explained it here, I kind of get it. HBO is known for high-quality, prestige drama kind of shows. It's also very adult, despite some more recent acquisitions. And now that they've got so much kid and family content, not to mention whatever weird reality shows TLC is pushing out these days, it is a little off, maybe even misleading, to still be called HBO. If anything, they've recognized that the breadth of Discovery and WBD content would kind of sully the HBO name. They've changed so drastically as this monolithic platform now that the name had to change drastically too. It may not be what everyone likes, but it is kind of a more accurate change. Personally, I will call the platform whatever it wants to be called, so long as they don't cancel Our Flag Means Death. That's all I got for you today. One more day with me before Brian returns on Monday. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. 